Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Please play this song on the radio. Please play this song on the radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Now and Again, Side B, for June 2018. And I'm kind of hands-off here, honestly. Nico's off probation. He can make episodes on his own. This is all him. Nico, how you doing? What are we doing? You know, I'm doing a great job throwing my voice and being both of us since uh, I can make episodes on my own. No, uh, so here's what happened. I was kind of looking ahead because, you know, a good host does his homework. And one of the things I noticed is that the next now features Rihanna. And I thought to myself, that's probably the first appearance of Rihanna on a now. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought about the major turning point that represented in my life. Not like, you know, it's not like I discovered Riri and suddenly I found love in a hopeless place. I was thinking about it and I was thinking about what that meant in terms of the the cultural vernacular of of the pop princess, actually, because we sort of, uh, we we pleasantly said a fond de dieu to our wonderful brothers, the boy bands. We waved mm-hmm. each one of them a uh, fair goodbye. We we listened to their songs one last time. We talked about some deep cuts. We shared some singles and we said, you got facial hair, get the fuck out. And now... And we, th- we threw dirt on the grave. And now it is time to watch these pop princesses grow into queendom. Each one of these, many actually, I shouldn't say each one of these because some of these women went on to do nothing with their careers. But a number of these women did go on to be very successful things. We're going to talk about Jessica Simpson, who I'm going to defend that I still think is pretty talentless. But she is now a multi-millionaire CEO on her own for her own shoe and fashion line. And these women um, are at a point in their careers where there are, uh, many of them are about to shift out of the limelight or at least out of the limelight in a positive way uh, for a considerable amount of of time. Um, some of them are going to enter new careers and some of them are never going to be heard from mm-hmm. again. I just thought it was time to say goodbye to these ladies before the new generation of Rihanna's take over the airwaves. Yeah, I'm into that because this is, I've I've kind of been down on these last couple of episodes saying, it's just kind of reductive. If I hear another Jessica Simpson song, I might stick my head into a blender, um, which if it was a cover song, I genuinely might. Uh, and I'm ready to move on from this and we are going in a direction that I'm more excited about. And I think also me at that time, um, I, I think I come back to pop. I think I embrace it maybe um, very, very soon, maybe a year of, of time. So maybe three or four uh, more volumes of now. Um, a certain lady brings me back into pop in a pretty hard way. So, And Rihanna is definitely a start of that. So I'm, I'm excited to get into this. But you have cultivated. Yeah, you are. Uh... You came back to you came back to pop music like a monster. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, I really sunk my teeth into it. I got to be real. I revisited uh, Fame Monster the other day in my car for a forty-minute drive, and uh, yeah, you know what? Like the five songs on that thing, I blast like I'm dying. Goddamn! When she was when she was like at the top of her game, she's a fucking pop warrior. Yeah, the those the the fame the fame discs were pretty pretty wild, but we will get there. Let's talk now well, about. Well, the, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no. Let's talk about this. Is like the in memoriam section of the Oscars, except way less sad. Um, let's talk about the people who get left behind, and let's talk about who gets Dennis Farina on this list. Um, there's one for the the film buffs out there. Um, 
So Nico, why don't you why don't you kick us off with some of these uh, the highlights on this list? Well, uh, I do hope that Chris makes the uh, makes the full playlist available. Yes, it will be available at uh, a certain website, uh, perhaps CageClub.me, and in the liner notes if you get this on uh, any kind of other listening device. So I, I'd like to start with JoJo's Leave Get Out. Um, JoJo just does actually represent something interesting uh, that we talked about. We made jokes about the fact that JoJo was. Uh, so barely legal that just discussing her on a podcast and being males in our 30s puts us on a list. Mm-hmm. You know what? That makes her the target. What do you mean by that? That literally makes her somebody the target age of ah. the now on now. And she had several hits uh, in her early uh, child age career. Uh, she had Leave, Get Out, and she had... Um, little too late uh she would go on later on to return and have a few more hits but i just really wanted to make sure that jojo got representation as she was at the tail end and kind of on the r and beezier side of things mm. but uh jojo was out there making music on now that while she was the target demographic age mm-hmm. and yeah that, uh, worth mentioning a couple of these are return uh, returning champions uh some stuff that we have uh, seen before on the show um but a lot of this, a lot of this is uh, is new songs. At least I think almost every artist we have, at least briefly mentioned, except for one or two. So yes, this next one also I believe we've covered before. It she was just kind of like a her voice was super crazy good and uh, just kind of out of nowhere. Uh, don't know why more didn't happen with her. Uh, I just thought this was a song that like, you know, first there was stuck and it was like oh goddamn stuck is everywhere. And then, you know, uh, it's kind of a weird side note. I felt like one day I heard that there was just this song, So Sick, by Neo. And everybody was like, oh, man, So Sick by Neo. And I'm like, sure. And then I think the next day, everybody was just like, if you're not a huge Neo fan, you're an idiot. And I was like, what did I miss? It's been one song. And then everybody was like, he's got seven number ones. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And before I knew it, I was like old on Neo, but I love Neo. And uh, his new single, Summertime, is great. Well, that happens, like, every day now. It's like, I blink and Post Malone has 19 Billboard number ones. And it's like, who, what is going on? Who are these people? Where are they coming from? Uh, really, really. It's, I, I, you know what I was just thinking about? Drake has been Drake for a decade. Mm, yep. I mean, Drake has been around long enough that he is starting to lose his cool factor because he never decided to transition into dad. Yeah, that's, well, that's because he hid this kid for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dad shame. So, um, okay, so, anyway, uh, Stacey Rico, more to life. You know, I kind of threw this in, and she's sort of a catch-all for the people who aren't remembered. There were so many this song. There were so many Stacey Rico's one to two hits, promoted heavily by Jive Records, tour-supporting... Uh, Britney or tour supporting Christina um, went on the Nickelodeon All That Music Fest tour, which was a real thing that featured a lot of these bands. It was a really great way to get uh, several of these bands on one bill. They would do the four songs that they could actually manage to do because there was that there was just that much choreography. Please don't make them do eight songs. Oh, and yeah. um, it gave parents uh, a friendly place to do it, and there was some legitimacy to the music because it was very live band, very well-produced, 90 Degrees did it, Monica did it. Um, but anyway, Stacey Eureka does sort of represent, for me, kind of like the uh, kind of like the one-hit wonders that they're mm. somebody's favorite. You know what I mean? Like, uh, a friend of mine 
recently posted a meme that was like, uh, you know, I'm still over here listening to the same five albums for a decade. And like, I have those, but I do make my, I make sure to go through new releases every Friday and challenge myself to listen to new music every single week yeah. because uh, you can become really stagnant otherwise. And I have discovered some insanely amazing shit. Uh, Shura, the artist that I continuously bring up how amazing that record is, discovered her at random clicking around Google Play Music. And I I think she's incredible. Um, I frequently actually find out that artists I love have new records out that way. Yeah. So I do think it's worth it. But um, and, and with the internet now, I mean, like, you can just go onto Spotify and be like, new releases, or you can find someone on YouTube or something like that who catalogs this stuff. Like, for me, um, I mean, you, you talk about Sure a lot. I talk about Charlie Bliss a lot. I wouldn't have known they existed if uh, Anthony Mellon Fantano didn't mention them just in passing. Didn't even do a full review of them. Just mentioned them in passing as like, on part of like a list of songs he uh, or a list of albums that he didn't fully review over the month that it came out. Um, and him just kind of being like, "It's very '90s." Made me go. Made me go back to it. Like you can find people out there. Dead End Hip Hop is another one. Um, just like if you like a genre, there are people out there talking about it. And now more than ever. I think there was just an article that said, like, you stop finding new music after you're 30. It's just like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's like a brain thing or something. But, like, when I, and I'm so I'm so lucky. One of the things I love about uh, our, our boyfriend is, you know, I love that when I met my husband, he introduced me to a whole lot of things I had never experienced before. And it was this, like, new infusion in my life um, from another side of my age demographic that I just wasn't familiar with. What's really cool is our boyfriend, being uh, a bit younger, brings uh, just shit I've never heard of to the table. Like, stuff I'm like, no, no, I know about your, your age demographic. <laughs> and he's like, no, you don't. And, like, mm. schools me <laughs> in a really good way. Uh, and he just turned me onto this album, Bury Me at Makeout Creek by Mitski. Oh, yeah, that album's great. And her, uh, her follow-up to that is really good, too. Yeah, the shit's really incredible. Yeah, he, uh, he just turned me on to that. It was um, uh, so anyway. Back to back to story at hand. Uh, too many one hit wonders out there to not include at least somebody. Yeah. Um, and I just thought Stacey Rico. There's something really nice to her voice. Um, a little nasally, but you know that was the time. You know, if you put a guillotine over my head and were like, "Yes or no? Have you ever heard a vitamin C song that wasn't graduation?" I would have said no, and I would have had my head cut off. Um. Because this song, Smile, featuring Lady Saw, um, was definitely a major part of some ad campaign in the last 10 years. Yeah, it came out in 1998 or 1999. Um, it's one of the things I like about Vitamin C, to be really honest with you, Colleen Fitzpatrick. Uh, she's a really great writer. She's like a really great songwriter and a pretty good producer. And she's a pretty good performer. Uh, she's an okay vocalist. I don't mean any disrespect. But she's definitely a producer and a writer. And I really loved her album. It was this really, ex this particular record was really experimental, really challenging. I actually, really, it was. It was weird pop for the, our eighth grade year. If you go back and listen to it, it's really strange. It kind of reminds me of what Pink first did on that first album with, like, There You Go. Not quite as abrasive as that. Definitely a lot cleaner. But, um... Just kind of in that same way, but that you could be there for a while, but you can't stay there because it's of a moment. And Pink kind of went on to transcend that. And I feel like kind of what you were saying with Vitamin C not having the vocal talent, maybe she couldn't 
Yeah, she was a little groovier. Like, she definitely loved her some 70s soul punk. Uh, sorry, soul funk a little bit more. Not that, you know, because obviously Pink went on to be a, like a soulful goddess. But uh, Vitamin C put in a little bit more R&B funk into it. And uh, it only went so far in, in the vein of pop that she was able to access. Her follow-up record sounded really similar to this record, uh, but it was just sort of like secondary versions of it. Uh, she went on to do a lot of producing and writing and being a really great contributor behind the scenes. And that's kind of why she's on this list. She represents the women that went on to uh, promote women and be positive. Also, really funny enough, she appears on Giles, Anthony Stewart Head's Electronica album, Music for Elevators. Now, I'm going to defend this record. It's really, really good. Um, as, I'm gonna, I, I, I feel like you just said a sentence that has maybe never been said. Well, it's definitely been said before because this is apparently a real thing that exists. And I've talked about it for years. Okay. So, um, not to you. I probably have always been like, you know, don't tell him about I, the Giles record. You I knew that existed. <laughs> um, I feel like, like I remember that one. Yeah, she appears as backup vocals on a couple of tracks. It's just sort of like generic, pure moodsy, electronic-y elevator music. It's called Music for Elevators, and it really is Music for Elevators. It also has a couple of songs that feature some Buffy alumni, like some of the other capable singers from the musical episode. Oh, yeah, I forgot they they did a a thing where they all sang a little bit on that show. Yeah, and it was uh, was actually really good. He's a really talented vocalist. he used to do theater. Anyway, back to vitamin C. Uh, this is not about a man. This is about a woman, and that's what I'm supposed to be representing right now, so I should stop talking about mm-hmm. men and focus on what I'm doing. So, I, I, uh, I think people come here for the tangents, Nico. I think I think what we're doing as a, a jump-off point is secondary at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, They know what they're signing up for. It's like... We're little, it's like with Lil' Kim. We're Lil' Kim. It's the jump off. It's exactly that. We've been gone for a minute, and now we're yes. back with the jump off. You come for the... People People showed up for the rap, but they stay for the pasties. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I, I actually really just think Vitamin C was a little bit ahead of her time. She was challenging. She was interesting. Um, I think she was a bit older than, than the average pop princess. She uh, she was just a a real cool real cool producer and writer and i just wanted to make sure that the artists that went on to be behind the scenes got represented just like people think of uh four non-blondes as a one-hit wonder with what's up you know what's going on that's called what's up um yeah and it's linda perry fronted and wrote the all the music and linda perry went on to be pink's songwriting partner she wrote everything every song you've ever heard was written by linda we perry. actually just talked about that recently and um yep. the the guy from Sunny sonic Next time you're like, nothing ever mm. happened to Closing Time. He co-writes Adele's hits. Well, that's like it blew my mind when if you if you had told me, like, uh, I think I mentioned this on the show before. If you had told me that the fucking dweeb from Steel Train was going to be the guy who went on to write, like, every song for Taylor Swift and Lord and just, you know, Jack Antonoff. Like, that dude, K, I fucking saw him in, in bars and he sucked in, like, 2003. Uh, I guess there are people who like Steel Train. I don't know why. But now he's, he's Jack Antonoff. It's like, it's... How do these? How does this happen? Yeah, but it's cool that it does. No, totally. Um, I was trying to think of the other one that, like, that's exactly that's exactly a thing I was gonna say. It's like, how did how did this person become that person? Oh, damn it! Who was I gonna? That's such a it's such a fascinating thing to try and. How did this person ultimately uh, propel other people to greater success? Right, but they couldn't yeah. do it for themselves. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder, mentioning, you know, vitamin C being a little bit ahead of her time, 
I do think this time period from like 1998 to 2004 is weird and dire and a lot of the stuff is of its moments and maybe can't exist outside of that, much like a lot of 80s music. Um, the best of it transcends it. The worst of it is stuck there forever. Um, I wonder if there are some artists that just like, if they had come out three years before that or like three years after that, like would have gone on to some other different sounding success. Um, but I mean, that's just, you know, you can never kind of figure out that hypothetical. I can guarantee you Dream would not because this is fucking 2001 as hell. I love this album, but I love this album in a – I don't even know how to – there's this notion, and it's something I've been talking about with uh, sometimes my friends my age, some people older than me, people younger than me. It's I always try and ask them, talk to me about the art that you now, you now understand mm. fails the test okay. of quality, but at the time you really – nobody could have told you that. Nobody could have told you that. It, every word of it was so important. And I, this was like, I even knew it was a stupid pop record. You know what I mean? Like, I even knew it was a dumb pop album, but there was just something about this record I loved. At the time, Puff Daddy put this record together, uh, this band together, to be like the next big girl group, to be the next big mm. Spice Girls. Now, it didn't really work out, as you can tell. Uh, I yeah. think they did go on to have a second record. I think they might even have had a third record. I actually really do like this record. It has a really great cover of Mr. Telephone Man by New Edition. This video is, um, even though I think the song is pretty locked into that era, I think I mentioned that the SR-71 video was, like, the most of its time thing ever, like, fucking down to the month, like, it, it can't exist. If, if you take it out of there, it just shrivels and dies. Uh, this is, like, the, the the girl equivalent to that. It's, like, the fashion is just locked in that time. The way that they are interacting with each other and the camera and the, the, the video cliches is just so of its time. Like, it's a perfect time capsule of this moment that we're leaving. Yeah, I agree. And that's part of why it's here. This mm-hmm. um, This is all the girl group crap. I do want to hit a couple of things before we hit the next person. The next person is specifically on here for some specific reasons. Um, I think this might be my favorite song of the people I don't remember. Um, I did kind of forget this song existed, but as soon as I was clicking through this and I turned this on, I was like, oh, this song this song, this song, has a little something. It is it is terrible, but um, you mentioned a couple of people while you were kind of scrolling. You mentioned Hoku. I want to mention Hoku for a second. Hoku was Don Ho's daughter. And huh. um, she had two, I would say, moderate hits. She had Another Dumb Blonde, which I always thought was a pretty poorly produced song. Oh, it's terrible. I always thought it was a pretty... The is awful. The writing is awful. Um, the performance isn't very good. I believe she had a track on the Pokemon movie soundtrack. Sure. Um, uh, I think actually along with Vitamin C. Um, she never really landed... Uh, it just didn't work out for her. I don't know what it was, but she could get some MTV airplay. She just didn't catch on. Uh, Pink obviously shed any pop princess mentality element, anything. Just shred the shit out of it and wrote herself to stardom. Yeah. Um, Pink's been around since we've been in the eighth grade. Where so she's had like a sixteen, eighteen year career. That's yeah, extraordinary. And she's only gotten cooler with age. I don't really care for her music right now, to be honest. It's just not my thing. But I think she fucking sings the hell out of what she sings. Um, yeah, we're going into a period, like, maybe we're maybe like three or four years away from probably her, her peak 
So that's that's at least something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm, I'm I was about to be like, and I guess Christina Milian's about to fade away. Holy shit! I was talking about how Ashanti had her career stolen by Rihanna. I feel like the same thing happened to Christina Milian. She hasn't happened yet, and I'm already saying uh-huh. her career's over because yeah. Rihanna's coming. And Rihanna, to be honest, yeah. there's about. We're about to enter a really interesting period of time where there is absolutely nobody in this entire world who would call Rihanna the most important artist at any given time. But Rihanna is truly about to be a much more accessible Beyonce, Mm. running Mm. parallel alongside her. And here's the thing. Rihanna's not really on the beat. She's accessible. Rihanna doesn't really sing in a way that... Rihanna, nobody in Melania did not invite Rihanna to sing at last <laughs> at Donald's uh, inauguration. It just didn't happen. Uh, um, I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons why that might not have happened. Uh, in all honesty, outside of just music, I'm doing the shoulder challenge right now. Um, the Rihanna shoulder challenge. I don't know what that is. Oh my god! There's this commercial or it's a vine i don't know it's just this video of rihanna pouring lotion on her shoulder seductively like looking really intense and then like brushing it on i think it's a makeup ad of some kind and men love doing this absurdly with objects so they'll like they'll put like lotion on their shoulder and rub it in seductively with a cat or they'll they'll put like whipped cream on their shoulder and rub it in seductively with a mop and like okay. stuff, just to like point out how stupid she looks. Um, anyway, we are about to enter an era that is pretty much dominated by uh, a, a pretty uncrackable force of women. It's going to be pretty much all Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. um, Beyonce gonna, will continue. Beyonce, yeah. It, and we're going to get the torrent of man crap with like Imagine, Imagine Dragons and Ed Sheeran. And I know we're a bit off from it, but the yeah. women are the show for about five years. We're going to get Maroon 5 clones for a while first. The first one that's going to be of any consequence is Bruno Mars. And then he goes on to be Bruno motherfucking Mars. So mm. You're going to have to um, convince me that that's... Maybe by the end of this experiment, I won't uh, want to turn off Bruno Mars the moment I hear the phrase Bruno Mars. I'm going to be really honest with you. There's nothing I love, but oh my God, that guy's... I, I know, there's a lot I love. That's the thing. He makes the music I always dreamed of making, and he makes it really well, and he's so fucking talented, man. So why is Willa Ford on this list with I Want to Be Bad? Willa Ford was dating Nick Carter at the okay. at the time. Willa Ford used to, if I'm not mistaken, claim that that's why she wasn't more famous. Okay. I think this song is everything that didn't work about the pop princess era. You could not be overtly sexual. You could only be understatedly sexual. And the closest you could get was maybe Britney Spears' I'm a Slave for You because there was nothing about putting it in. But (laughs) True. She'd also worked up to that, too. Like, she started... Like, you, you could watch her... Like, the people who were lusting after her were growing with her over, as weird as and gross as that sounds, like, over a period of time. Yeah. Um, Willa came out right out the gate with, uh, you know, just, let's, let's, let's smash. Willa, 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 what you want, what you want. That's the rap at the oh, beginning. Oh, man, she does, she does a wink into the camera in, like, slow motion with, like, a bite that just looks like Lucille Bluth. It's... Oh, man. Uh, I, I just I remember the hell out of this song. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Okay, Arrested season five didn't do it for me, 
um, the first half that they posted. It just wasn't great. But um, you know what? I I am legitimately incapable of not enjoying Jessica Walters on my screen. Oh yeah, for sure. I just uh, she is she is so talented, and I really never get tired of the phrase "I'm going to army, mother." <laughs> And I also, of course, will forever love Mrs. Featherbottom. Oh, yes, of course. Anyway, 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 anyway. Uh, Willa Ford is is literally meant to be everything that didn't work. If there were things you could do that were too cutesy, honestly, I understand that it was a hit. Uh, you know what? No, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me take a step back. I think in some ways, uh, Stacey Arico didn't stick around too long because um, More to Life is too wholesome. I think... Willa Ford's I Want to Be Bad is too full of holes. And <laughs> I think that's a very different problem. Ultimately, I think this song is cool. I think it's sexy. I think it's dangerous. Like, actually, like, I think it does what it's meant to do. It's It kind of sounds like Faded by Soul Decision. It's a really nice counterpart for that from the female's point of view. And I think it it's a really great piece of its time. It's got uh, this, like, itty-bitty bitty 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 bit of gothic r&b to it like it's 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 almost like a soup song it's other other than like the the really shitty like um like phaser distortion that so many songs from this era randomly had on background vocals um i think like i think it's produced pretty decently honestly it's not even just like yeah you're absolutely right i've got to stop saying no when i mean i have to stop colloquially saying no when i mean to confirm I yes, I agree. You're absolutely right, and I think it goes a step forward, uh, a step further. I think the production matches the intensity of the song. Mm. Yeah, like if you even listen to it, like I don't want no one judging me. I want to be bad. You make it look so good. Like I've got things on my mind. I never thought I would. Like it, it's almost like she know like. The song is self aware that she's flirting with the idea that this is a bad idea. She wants to be bad. She wants you to come see her be bad. Right. One of the big things that all of these artists were selling were uh, were their identities. Yeah. And so Britney became the schoolgirl, and the schoolgirl became the cat suit, and the cat suit became the jeans with the bikini over them, and the snake, and the bra. Like Britney reinvented herself visually and that was actually something i was going to get to uh we were talking about how you know the girls had to had to become women in order for that sexuality transfer to occur and it still had to be gradual oh i i i um so i looked at Willa ford um she was i thought she was in the uh extremely not good reboot of friday the 13th she was in that and then she's her her wikipedia is pretty interesting it's it's worth a read it's 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 all over the place, but yeah, it hasn't done a whole lot since uh, since this. No, she didn't really have the talent. She no. just had the gimmick. She was willing to be sluttier than the others because that was her choice. transition into the next thing the next part of this segment is um for me well so the next segment part of the show is um the the four biggest pop princesses i think yes. we can we can discuss <laughs> they are they, i think they are unquestionably the four biggest pop princesses from this era that is of course mandy jessica Brittany, and christina i do feel that there is some level of talent meets 
fame that ultimately resulted like I, I can't tell you what it was that made it these four women I really can't I kind of right. think I can I think it's that Mandy Moore was the young cute kittenish one yes. Jessica Simpson was the virginal one for middle America yes. uh, Britney Spears was the and I'm going to say this LA one she was yeah. like glitzy glam honestly not that talented but with enough lights anything looks good and Christina Aguilera was the talented one. Yeah. And it does strike me how very the same woman these four women were made to look. Um, that is not to say that all four of them looked the same. I don't even believe all four of them are the same original, not blonde hair color. But these four women were f- conformed to this vanilla extract poured into a Barbie mold. <laughs> it, it's It's... And it's sad that this was the definition by which all girls Mm. were told to measure themselves and all boys were told to measure all girls. And I think some of what we are cracking is is we are talking about the the transition that this took. And one of the things we have said, I've mentioned Ashanti, Christina Milian, uh, Rihanna, we've talked about Beyonce. They do all have in common a darker complexion. Yes. The women we are coming on are are women that help remind us of the diversity of pop music as opposed to the incredibly blanched white version we've sustained for the most part so far. It is important to note that I don't believe that we should be calling Destiny's Child's early music pop music. I believe we should be calling Destiny's Child's early music R&B. Anyway, on to the women, uh, because, you know, I know half this is going to be cut no, uh, So This song is a returning champion. I think this was a pre-Nico uh, episode, though. Um, we have Nope, this, this was Nico. Before, but, uh, I, I defended the hell out of this song, and it was one of the many times I told the Mandy Moore story. Ah, yes, okay. So then, talk to me about this, this other Mandy Moore song that I've never heard before until right the second... So Mandy Moore's I Want to Be With You is in many ways her breakthrough track. She had Candy, and Candy was a success. And it was Candy by Mandy, but she was 14. It was hard to take her seriously. It's a JoJo thing, kind of. Yeah, it's a JoJo thing. Um, And as I mentioned, so much of her early music had this incredibly sexual overtone to it. And frankly, a lot of it wasn't very good. She had easily the weakest debut album of the four. Uh, Her album was determined to be so terrible, they re-recorded half of it, new songs, much better quality, a very strong departure to an acoustic pop sound from the other women, giving her her own identity, including this I Want to Be With You song, which was featured in the movie Center Stage, which was not a huge hit, but was at least a big enough hit with our generation to make this song memorable. Seventeen really connected with me at Seventeen. And there's something about this song that's I've talked about how sexual her lyrics are in the past, but the lyrics are but it feels right and it feels good and I'm not gonna do what I sh- uh, I'm not gonna do something stupid and this once I want to feel like I can do what I want if I hold tight. Um, I'm gonna save my best behavior for a little later because I'm only 17. I think I've mentioned this song before. It's just finally here. Um, this was literally kind of that coming-of-age turning point we were just discussing that each of these women had to slowly play out across the time uh, that it took them to get out single after single after single. These women had to sexually mature in front of the entire world audience, and then they had to submit it in the form of a song and a music video for people's pleasure and uh, whatever in order to get accepted as women. And that's fucking disturbing. And uh, this song, though kind of is the opposite of that 
it's kind of Mandy Moore recording a song about being like, look, it's a mistake, but I'm going to fuck, and you need to shut the fuck up. This isn't for you. I'm going to literally run away and have sex with somebody. This isn't on stage. This isn't on camera. Anyone who's ever been in love has got to know what it feels to have a dream, and no one can change your mind. No, not this time. And those are actually the lyrics from the song. And at first, they don't sound like lyrics, and then they turn into lyrics when they start rhyming out of nowhere for the final couplet, because that's poetry. Anyway, point of my story. It's actually just a really um, of its moment song. It's very the thing we were just discussing. These women were made to play out their sexual awakenings uh, for the pleasure of men and the pleasure of male executives to be sexual role models to young girls and in a way that was always presented to please men. Mm. But this song is not about pleasing men. Right. This song very much sounds like Mandy Moore really wants to know what a dick feels in her. <laughs> and it, it's yeah, hot yeah. and definitely this Mandy Moore is one of my... Uh, you think I got it for Lindsay? Jesus, Mandy Moore is just literally too beautiful. And uh, Rapunzel might be my favorite Disney princess. Up oh, there's the gay again. And um, I just, I can't bring myself to watch This Is Us because I already had 30-something. I'm good. But, um, you know, I, I just love Mandy Moore. And I think this is an example of what made her famous enough to be the one to have the fewest charting hits, the lowest charting hits, the least consistent hits, the least visual uh, access, the least... uh, She wasn't on television the way Britney and Christina were in the tabloids and in the magazines and on the talk shows. She wasn't on Newlyweds the way Jessica was. Mandy Moore made movies and she made mediocre records that occasionally got airplay and she made music videos that appeared on TRL. And I think this is an example of why she was able to do that and stay relevant. And she wasn't even in movies that were like made for her a la Crossroads. She was in like indie flicks for the most part early on. Like um, I have fond memories of her in Saved. I think she's really good in that movie. Um, I love Saved. Uh, I really, I do think she's a great actress. I actually like American Dreams. Dreams with a Z. It's, yeah, I, I just think Mandy Moore is tremendous. All right, so you have one more chance, one more time to get on your soapbox, to, to do some standing for Jessica Simpson. It's probably, so far, the one place where I, you haven't pulled me to your side whatsoever on this entire Wait, no, 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 I think there was a confusion, and I need to, you know, because you're not the only one who's thought okay. that. We're going to rewind. Flop, 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 flop. I like With You. I think With You is cute. I like a couple of songs from Jessica Simpson's first record. I think Jessica Simpson is a nightmare. (laughs) I think she's a disaster. I think she's an idiot that's a genius that's an idiot (laughs) that took some vocal lessons, but she frequently sounds like somebody's punching her in the throat. Like, I just... She managed to survive having a really obnoxious religious stage dad, so kudos to her. I think... I, I just... I just wish the Little Mermaid was about her and the witch won and she never got her voice back. <laughs> and I just, I just wish. Um, I, I just don't care for her. That's why I purposely picked a song that I don't even think was her biggest single, but I picked a song that had a hot guy in it because I just don't yeah. like Jessica Simpson. Uh, I'm so excited to never talk about her again. Oh, I'm, good. If we're on the same page I'm, on that one then. Really excited to talk about Ashley a few times because there's some Ashley moments that just, oh gosh, you know, there's times, there's this 
there's this one Ashley Simpson thing we're going to talk about that makes me laugh so hard, I think I choke to death. Oh, it's going to be great. Anyway, Where You Are was the single that Jessica and Nick recorded for Jessica's first album. She recorded this first album, and, and it was it's all over the place musically. I actually think her first single, I Want to Love You Forever, is kind of a disaster. I think uh, the final single off this record is... Um, off her first record is the one that samples the John Cougar Mellencamp song. Oh, yeah, the, the, the fucking Jack and Diane sample. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, fuck that song. Jessica Simpson wasn't known for her music, really. She was known for being famous for being Jessica Simpson. Instead of picking a song, like, because, you know, I like With You, like I said, but instead of picking a song that's like, wow, this is what Jessica Simpson was known for, I picked the song that they wouldn't let her release her vocal performance on because it was too annoying. Holy shit. I talked about this on the show one time. There was an episode of Newlyweds where she was like, the studio made me re-record Sweetest Sin, less complicated so people can sing along at home. I'm going to tell you, as a reasonable adult, looking back on the situation, I'm pretty sure it went a little more like this. Mm. Everybody thinks Jessica Simpson's got a really annoying voice, but I have this very clear memory of when my father used to be a member of the Knights of Columbus to uh, to any extent. And um, he used to help run events for charities and would get me confirmation volunteer hours or, you know, they would pay under the they would pay under the table sometimes it was just a way to it was a way to get me and you know work and whatever and i have this very clear memory of being in eighth grade and it was me and it was these two senior guys and it was one of the only times i ever remember thinking they're so much bigger than me and i have this very clear memory of them saying to me what are you listening to in your walkman are you listening to like like, what are you listening to? And they were trying not to be dicks exactly, but they were very, like, LOL pop music. And I was like, yeah. And is it, like, is it some Britney Spears or some shit? And I was like, no. And they were like, haha, fuck that Britney Spears. But, man, I'd, I I would take that Jessica Simpson's cherry, man. I'd fuck that bitch's cherry right out of her. Would you fuck Jesus that bitch? And I think Christ. that phraseology is just so specific. And I'm like, um, okay. And the second one was like, yeah, man, would you do it? Would you do it? And I was like, um, uh, and in my head, I'm like, (laughs) yesterday I got head from a dude. I'm not going to blow up my spot and say anything stupid. I'm just going to be like, this makes me uncomfortable. And just like walked out. I just like walked right the fuck out of the room. And I just remember thinking that was not pleasant. Um, But anyway, that is my Jessica Simpson memory. Uh, I'm ready to say goodbye to Jessica Simpson forever. Uh, I did not love you forever. It was too much to ask of me. I have no interest in going where you are. Other jokes here. Moving on. Bitch out. Do you think that Christina Aguilera was really, really mad when Britney Spears kissed Madonna and then they cut away before Christina could do it and just everyone remembers that Britney did it? Um... I think it's that, like, Christina did a peck and Britney did, like, full-on tongue lashing. And I think mm. that's really the memory. Um, uh, worth noting the song is Me Against the Music with Britney and Madonna. Here's my commentary on Madonna. Madonna got famous for being shocking. 
And I'm like, just a quick thing on Madonna. Madonna got famous for being shocking, like a virgin, masturbating on stage. Then she did like a prayer, and that was so revolutionary. And it and it was her kissing a black man, and it was a black Jesus. And Still one was, of my all-time favorite pop songs. Like it's an incredible music. piece of music. Yeah. Um, she did erotica, and that was obviously explicitly sexual. And she did the sex book, explicitly sexual. She did Vogue for the Dick Tracy soundtrack. You know, everything was really. It was just this chaotic idea of 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 pop frenzy and 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 passion, and there was just so much to it, and and there was always so much production, and then all of a sudden, one day, Madonna says, "I have conquered everything except being taken seriously," and she set her sights on awards, and she she did the Take a Bow video and the You'll See video as auditions for Evita. She got Evita. She did Evita. She didn't really get the kind of recognition she was looking for from People the performance. People were mad about Evita. She thought that was going to be an Oscar thing. And it was terrible. It's neither here nor there. You know, she has Lourdes and she releases Ray of Light. And Ray of Light is... I just remember being in fifth grade and like being like... Oh my God, I want to, I want to love religion. This makes me want to love something as much as she loves religion. I'm like in fifth and sixth grade and I'm having thoughts like that in relation to Ray of Light because it's so powerful to me. I had this really clear memory when everybody was like, oh my God, Madonna made out with Drake when like Drake was relevant five years ago (laughs) and Madonna made out with him at Coachella. Um, Okay. I don't, I don't know. If you, if you I'm Google sure that, this, it was a huge yeah, deal. I, five years ago, I was definitely not paying attention to popular culture. So um, there's a, that's another massive blank space that we will get to um, in a couple of in a couple of real world years, decades. Yeah, um, Madonna just like got all up on Drake, sat on his lap, and made out with him. And a lot of the reviews, like he actually did not know it was coming, and his his reaction is not the most flattering for her. And um, the reviews were like, "What a sad old lady," oh, and I'm like, "That is sad." I'm like, "I'm like, do you guys think she's a sad old lady?" I want you to think about how she's been famous this entire time. She masturbated on a stage, and then she kissed a black man, and then she released a book about her fucking pussy, and then she tried to get some credibility. She got the credibility. She won like five motherfucking Grammys for Ray of Light because it's an incredible record. She then learned to play her own instrument. So she learned guitar for music. She played guitar on that record. Then she decided to go back to having fun and um, made out with Britney Spears at an awards show. Just like she masturbated at an awards show and then made out to make a point. She made out to make a point. She pushed the envelope a different way. She made out with a woman half her age that was considered the next her. She made out with her fucking protege that she had never protegeed in any way. She managed to make Britney Spears' career moment about her in a way. I understand that Britney was at the time performing like a virgin and it was celebrating Madonna but there is something very Madonna- kissing Britney Spears is very I'm taking you and it's 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 even in this song which I think is probably one of my favorite Britney Spears songs ever um, at one point in Madonna in Madonna's very short part which thank god it's short she doesn't sound great in this song um, she says hey Britney you say you want to lose control we'll come over here I got something to show you sexy ladies they want to see you bare your soul something show me what you got 
I think Madonna kept trying to be sexually pushing the envelope, and I think the people that were receiving that message from her were no longer in the age demographic she was concerned with. I think Madonna was still desperate to be received by young people for the same shocking things she had been received by young people by in the past that challenged older folks. But older folks were the only ones still paying attention to Madonna, and they were not amused by the same shtick, especially because she was doing that shtick with their children. And then 10 years later, she's faded back into obscurity in 2013, 2014, 2015, whatever the fuck it was. She sits on Drake's lap at Coachella and she makes that with him at a, a live streamed televised performance. She makes out with a black young man. She literally finds a way to combine everything she'd ever done in a new mm. way. And I just realized how much oh, of who yeah. she is, is this this idea of shocking people with the same performance endlessly. And um, in a lot of ways, this record is the, the the last moment before Britney fades into crazy town for a little bit. Britney Spears is about to fade into obscurity. And before she fades into obscurity, I want to remember a really nice thing about Britney Spears and a kind of cool thing that was going on in our childhood. We talked about how that one time I was like, ha ha ha, music's really what if music's turned into commercials and you were like, mm -hmm. LOL, dude, what do you think the 90s and aughts were? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Uh, but there was actually a time where there was kind of like a cool crossover between the commercials and reality. Um, when, while Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake were dating and the Backstreet Boys and 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 NSYNC was like Hillary versus Bernie and you had to make your choices on the battlegrounds and all of that was going on. And that it would be litigated forever online and people would never stop forever and ever even then we even when we should stop we're just going to keep doing it forever yep. yep um they 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 did this really strange McDonald's campaign where like these sampler CDs were sold that featured songs from each of like NSync and Britney and they were like mashed up or something like that and I don't know how I got one. I definitely didn't buy it, but I feel like somebody else bought it and was like, I don't want this, and like threw it to me, and we're like, here you go. And I was like, oh, I kind of have all their albums, but thank you. And I don't know what it was, but you know what, like, sometimes when you were a kid, you would, like, get it stuck in your head that you should skip that track, you don't like it. Even if you can't really remember what it is, you just skip that track, and then, like, mm -hmm. when you finally listen to that song, you're like, holy shit, that's the best song I've ever heard. Why wasn't I into that at the time? And like that kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever happened to me. But I could, yeah. I mean, I could get that. Yeah. I like. I would like skip songs, and then I would finally hear it. And I'd be like, "Oh, undiscovered gem. Thank you." Inexplicably, I listened to that CD one time, and I'm pretty sure I can't be hallucinating all of this. And "One Kiss from You" by Britney Spears was on it, and I had no idea that that was a song that was already on Oops, I Did It Again at the time. And I was like, this song is so great. Why is it just on a McDonald's thing? Oh, no. It's on the album I already own. It's literally the song I just skip. Got it. Mm. Why do I skip this? And it was like getting a bonus song on an album years later. An unreleased track, if you will. Weird that they put like a non-single on those things. Like You'd think they would just smash whatever single was big enough at the time onto those. I think it was, like, a single from each plus, a, like, an album track from each to pad them. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. This way they could do more of them. Um, and, yeah, it's just actually a really sweet song. It's, it's like, it's everything that was good about these pop princesses being sweet. 
there's something I've talked about the commodity of youth and how we need to break the commodity of youth, especially for the sake of the youth who then find out that in the real world, they're not really worth anything because they've aged and they've cracked and they don't look like they did when they were 17 and everything held up to God. So we talk about um, this idea of like this, this really innocent young romance. And because so much of, of homosexuality is rooted in a physical sexuality, it can sometimes be hard to find really innocent cuteness. And I, I actually have a really specifically sweet memory of like a really nice day with a nice guy being super non super handholdy and like nuzzly and kissy years after this song should have been relevant not too many years but anyway it's just it's a nice memory and it kind of goes with this song and i think this song actually kind of sounds like it now to the pop princess i showed up for the real one it's it's christina um one one of them i think everyone knows one of them that i, I mean i certainly don't know um beautiful i think is maybe wasn't at the time but has become one of her um, like most identifying tracks it's because of Mean Girls I'm not even kidding I'm not being funny um, this song would be really forgettable in a lot of ways there's there's this whole notion there's this whole school of thought that that something can be too big to be remembered well oh yeah oh it's overwrought as hell um, it's still an incredible song it's, it but is, it's, it is her. It, I think it, it has become it has become one of her defining songs though oh for sure it's just embarrassing at times because it's <laughs> funny and I think this is I think beautiful could have become MacArthur Park. We mm. could we could turn back and look at that, that bridge where I'm sorry, but there's times where Christina's just sh- shrieking. They're beautiful notes, but I can't even figure out what the fuck she's saying. She's just kind of like doing her runs and her trills and she's just blowing it out and it's incredible. Um and definitely always the big um like the big criticism of her is her as weird as this sounds, her over-reliance on her voice, um, <laughs> you know, like, she just, she's the equivalent of, like, she sometimes goes into the equivalent of, like, the last three minutes of Freebird. It's just, like, fucking wank at a certain <laughs> point. Yeah, it's it's my Christina Aguilera impression that I do. That That's, you know, I, I do row, row, row your boat, but I never get past the first row because I'm too busy doing my miasma, which is, you know, just the... <laughs> the whole time with the flipping fingers on the microphone um always take the over if she's doing the national anthem always maybe that's why you should take the under because <laughs> she's gonna also be betting on herself and she's gonna be like <gasps> she's just gonna speed run it one day <laughs> oh say so can you see by the dawn's early light everyone dance what's up with that? <laughs> she just like gets everybody through it in a good susa march um anyway um I think if it weren't for Damien and Mean Girls, we would not remember Beautiful as well as we do. I think we remember Beautiful as well as we do because it's hysterical and we laugh with it. But you know what? I feel like... I. uh, Okay, so I make no joke about my mental illness. I make tons of jokes at my own expense, but you know what I mean. Um, And, like, yeah... I'm pretty sure, maybe not everybody, maybe not everybody grew up, like, so full of self-hate, and so every time I looked in the mirror, I would literally think, oh my god, if I have to look in the mirror one more time looking like this, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. I can't tell you how many thoughts I had like that growing up, and how many thoughts, you know, there's still days I have, you know, nowhere near that extreme, but there's still days where I'm like, oh my god, you fat son of a bitch, get, get, what's wrong with you? And, like, 
Um, and I know I'm an, I'm, I'm a very fit person and I know I'm doing great. But like, there's days you just can't get out of that mentality. And uh, I'm not saying I have hit days where I'm like, I'm just going to go sit with my guitar and sing beautiful for 45 minutes. But like, it's, it's happened. And I, I know I'm talking about what a dramatic mess this song is. But I would be lying to you right now if I didn't say this song brought me some comfort at some really, really, really scary, dark, low, horrifying places in my life. Mm. And she sings it like she really is there for you. She sings it like it's a helpline. She sings it like she loves you. And it is such a manipulative thing. But I am beautiful. You are beautiful. We are beautiful. And she makes everything about we. Yeah, I do love that switch in the song. It literally can make a very scared 16-year-old boy who feels like there's nothing left feel much less alone, amazingly, like she's right there. And maybe that's even part of why I love her. Today is the two-year anniversary of... They were recording this. is the two-year anniversary of the Pulse Massacre. And um, it goes without saying that the gay community has the... Maybe it doesn't. Maybe people don't know this. Gay men have... Gay teens... Gay teen males have the highest rate of suicide of any group in America. Period. End of the sentence. Mm. And maybe it was just a little important today to include this. Anyway, Love for All Seasons is a cheery, cute little dance pop number that sounds kind of like a lot of the other stuff that I put on here. But that was my first, like, I love Christina Aguilera and this is my favorite song kind of song by Christina Aguilera. There would be many, 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 many as my voice would continue to drop and I would sound a little bit less plain Dexter. Um, But (laughs) this was definitely the one that, like, before my voice dropped, I sang along with as hard as I could. Um... At, at my full range and I would I would hit every note along with her and I remember the first time my voice started cracking toward the high shit and it just I still sing it to this day and it's a great song um, and then and then if I can may I introduce may I introduce my honorable mention oh baby girl better known as Aaliyah ah yes uh, this is also a returning champion I believe I think I, I spoke at length about uh, Jet Li in this video just doing uh, just doing fucking martial arts moves in a, in a hall of mirrors um, yeah I mean thank you uh, I mean you never really had to convince me that Aaliyah was good this whole kind of experiment um, Aaliyah so far is one of the the new old discoveries for me um, and yeah she uh, deserves a place not just on this list but I think uh, elevated above this list um, so I'm I'm very glad to see that you included her at the tail end of this. It it was a no brainer for me actually. I I had to do a little research just to make sure that I can almost barely fudge the numbers. Uh, the first now included Mbop by Hanson, and that was in, I believe 1997, something like that. Yeah, and that makes me feel entitled to include Aaliyah, uh, who I. I know got her start in ninety four, ninety five, but nothing. Uh, I'm sorry, one in a million is like 96, 97, and 98-ish, and I can kind of get away with it. Um, Try Again was, of course, I think a huge... that somebody was on on the first episode, was it not? I believe it, I believe it was early on. Are yeah. You Somebody, uh, Are You That Somebody was her big, big, big breakout. Um, big girl. She had had uh, some success with her R. Kelly-based mm. career, much more success than with her R. Kelly-based marriage. <laughs> 
she then was kind of rediscovered by Missy Elliott and Timbaland and um, One in a Million was one of the first records I bought with money that I'd saved up by unscrupulously uh, sneaking some of the lunch money my mom gave me away into my pocket and huh. buying less mood best food for lunch i oh, wow. did the same thing i lived on swedish fish the first for like four years of high school so i could buy albums yep 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 i did it in middle school though <laughs> i would like secretly bring like a pack of pretzels to lunch and just pocket the three dollars and my mom would be like where are you getting this money for music from and i would you know and now i would just be like turning tricks bitch but like you know at the time i was just like i don't know and so um, one of the first things I bought was Aaliyah's One in a Million, just what a fucking outstanding record, beginning to end. Um, Try Again is well known. Uh, I, I unfortunately think a lot of Aaliyah's later career is better known than a lot of her early career. Not that that's a bad thing, because Ain't Nothing But a Number, uh, the A.R. Kelly album, is pretty forgettable. Uh, One in a Million, however, is an extraordinary record. Then there's a, a very long period of time without an Aaliyah record. It's Are You That Somebody, and it's um, the Romeo's Die soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's followed up with Self-Titled Aaliyah. Self-Titled Aaliyah, which unfortunately would go on to be... Self-titled Aaliyah would go on to be her last album. It just it had such a span of such a span of sounds. Uh, so much of it sounds so close to what Janet Jackson had been doing, would continue to do. And by that I mean I am comparing this much younger woman to this legendary icon who had been in 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 in, in the public eye and arts her whole life. Yeah, it, yeah. you know, almost almost kind of that. You know, even though they never worked together, almost kind of that Madonna. Um... Britney divide that you were speaking of. Yeah, especially when you consider they both have what I would refer to as the softer end of voices. Um, Janet isn't known for her uncontrollable vocals, but frankly, neither was Aaliyah. Aaliyah was a tremendous performer, a great dancer, an unbelievable beauty, an okay actress. Um, I, I, let's let's not prop up. I mean, we're gonna prop up her music. We don't have to. We don't have to pretend that she could act for shit. She really couldn't. Okay, fair, fair, but you know, Aaliyah. Um, I'm with you on her voice. She had such a. I, I mean, maybe maybe because I didn't listen to a ton of R and B from that era, it's not as unique. But to my ears, that no, it's super unique. Like, uh, it's like simultaneously like impressive. Usually, like you, there's like a you know that like four that that four chart. Like you, you go in like different graphs. It's like sexy. And uh, we'll say it's, like, breathy, and it's, like, usually it doesn't cross over too well, but hers does cross over too well. Um, Hers does cross over significantly well and has that combination of both that I, to me, is unique. No, you know what? It's, I agree with you that maybe it's less unique than you think it is due to your experience with the genre from the time. Um, But regardless of zeitgeist, I think... There's a reason we're still talking about Aaliyah. She hasn't really been on that many nows, and we've managed to bring her up. And it can't just be that I'm a super fan. Actually, mm. it can be that I'm a super fan. Mm. It probably is just that I'm a super fan. I I put her on the now Mount Rushmore for, uh, like, if we had to pick four four artists that we've covered on this show to like be on the Mount Rushmore of now and again, like I would I would first ballot vote her to be on it. Yeah, I would probably say Aaliyah, Bay, yeah, Justin, yeah. And we, it's got to be Justin because, to be honest, at the time it would be Justin uh, and Baby Bash and Baby Bash. Absolutely, we got the most mileage out of him for sure. 
I actually do think the the grand total most amount of time talked about any two artists are Gwen Stefani and Baby Bash, which is a really weird distinction for Gwen Stefani to hold. I can't believe she's got to be associated with Baby Bashing on Wikipedia now. And it's like every time someone clicks play on the playlist and one of his songs comes up, like his 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 Venmo gets like one cent higher. And he's just like, <laughs> somebody else out there heard. So somebody else out there is, is part of this movement. One of the things that's really interesting is none of my friends, like, I've only gotten one piece of really bad feedback ever from our friends. Like, bad feedback. And that was my friend Tori. Hey, Tori. Uh, incredible. She writes um, and draws our sister book, uh, Capes and Boots. So Kid Riot has become Riot Squad, and it's about the whole team, and it's, you know, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh Capes and Boots is about uh, the all person, uh, the all woman of color station of a TV. Um, wow, I can't talk. The all woman of color crew of a TV news show led by Roberta Whitley, and it's uh, a really incredible book that tries to take a look at the truth. And it's it's really uh, it's a lot of fun to get to sit back and just be able to watch this awesome book that like plays with all of these amazing toys that like I'm like okay I'm gonna leave them for a while and just watch and it's a lot of fun. But um, she gave me. Um, some feedback that was I'm super disappointed you didn't like at least touch on every song on the now mm. and I was like I get that and it's definitely no insult to her but it, I did get a lot of um, I did get a lot of you know sometimes you do just kind of try and find stuff to say about songs you got nothing to say about and that's true um, I just wonder how many of my friends aren't telling me how much they hate the baby bash stuff <laughs> Like, the fact that Kevin glared at me the second time he heard me do it and literally felt it was important to message me, so this is what we're doing now, Baby Bash is your bit, and, like, that says something to me. That says that maybe people don't find it as funny as I do, so, um, I guess you all need to figure out how to find it funnier, because it's not going anywhere. If you donate to our Patreon at the $10 tier, uh, you can get episodes with Baby Bash edited out. Uh, we're actually going to uh, start splicing Baby Bash in, like Rick Rolling, but we're going to splice it in where you least expect it. We're going to like hybridize songs, uh, so it's going to be like Baby Bashley uh, Simpson. And so, Chris, where can everybody find you? Is that the end? Is that how we're ending? Is that how we're shooting off? Looks like Team Rocket's blasting off again. You can find me at uh, Instagram. I guess so. All right, that's the end. <laughs> Nico Vasillo, N I C O V A S I L O. You can find me at kidriotcomics.com, along with the amazingness that is Capes and Boots for the month of June. We are covering uh, Pride. We are very proud to be an all queer creation team. It's a uh, you know, we didn't come together because we're all queer. Well, I mean, like, my husband and I came together because we're queer, if you think about Ew. it. But, like, the other, the others are women, so that's that wouldn't make sense for us to come to them. Because, <clears throat> so we're all queer, and we're making a pride um, month of things, uh, talking about all sorts of different queer prides. It's, you know, it's a rainbow spectrum, and it's not just white, cis, uh, gay men and heteronormative relationships. And that's got to stop being the only version of pride we show. Um you can also find me on... Oh, you can find me on Facebook.com slash Action Duo. I make music if you enjoy me singing. I tried to sing very little this episode. Like I, I, I think I only sang three times. Um, hey, Chris, where can everybody find you other than uh, with your nose in a book? Ah, at Chris Podcasts on Twitter where I'm just talking shit. Uh, cageclub.me. 
where you can find me on a whole bunch of shows, uh, including upcoming episodes, I believe, an episode of Boyfriend Material, the Ryan Gosling podcast just dropped, or is about to drop, uh, where I talk about a misunderstood classic, Only God Forgives, and a couple of Watch the Throne episodes, the Charlize Theron podcast, um, that are about to drop or have just dropped, depending on when this comes out. Um, so I'm all over the podcasts this month. And didn't our uh, didn't our Alien 3 one just drop? Yes, and the Alien 3 episode that we recorded so long ago that I actually forgot we recorded um, just dropped. Um, I had definitely kazammed this one. I'd forgotten all of that happened because it had been so long, and I convinced myself yeah. we didn't do it and that it had gone to somebody else. So when I saw myself tagged in something... Um, uh, you can imagine my surprise when I saw myself tagged in a podcast. I convinced myself I hadn't recorded it. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I, I think we had fun on it. It's. It's been a minute. Um, uh, yeah, we. I'm. I'm ornery. I'm real ornery. Well, it is Alien Three, but uh, so yeah. Uh, CageClub.me at Chris Podcasts on Twitter. Head on over there. Um, head on over to Cage Club to check out the liner notes, especially for this episode, so you can get a listen to this playlist yourself and relive some of the glory days of the girl singers before they become the woman singers it's just really cool it's been really fascinating to to just talk to you chris and people hear us just talk and i think we're fascinating we think we're fascinating i i i i completely agree or i would be i mean i would be doing this if this this was this is the conversations that we would have anyway like the fact that people listen and seem to enjoy listening is just gravy and and thank all of you for being the gravy on our on our disco fries uh absolutely and that's the thing you know you guys are the truffle oil on our poutine and um cuz mine's better and so i <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this has turned out to be phenomenal. Um, I've loved doing this. I can't wait to do the next one. And uh, I love when you guys tell me what you guys think. I just, it's really cool that I get messages, like, because my friends don't all listen when they first come out. So I get messages just, like, all the time. Just, like, a rolling every now and then. I just get it. <laughs> every now and then I get a now and again. Hmm. So. Oh, that's the other thing. You know, speaking of outros, um, Right into the mailbag, now and again cast at gmail.com with uh, questions, concerns, praise, etc. Because we're going to do a mailbag episode probably this summer. Um, and ask us anything you would like. Just You can just actually just say uh, a word and we'll just word association for like 20 minutes. That's fine. We can do it. We're pros. Um, well, congratulations, Nico. Um, you got off probation. You did your first episode. You just got to tighten up those endings, and uh, and you'll you'll be good to go. You can have your, you can have your own spinoff podcast that's significantly more successful. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Finally, I get to leave you behind. Until next time, we will catch you on the flip side. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Love me so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl, and all they can say is he's not your kind. You never get tired of putting it down, and I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them make up your mind.